Comedians React with Dwayne Perkins and Jonesy. This episode features the great, late Patrice O'Neill talking about the value of white women. I've been dying to do this Boston legend. Absolutely. And I'm glad you said that because uh, he moved to New York and people associate him with New York, but I associate him with Boston. I, I'm, I'm from New York, but I lived in Boston, and that's where I met my first night ever doing uh, comedy in Boston. I saw this guy, Patrice O'Neill. Y'all said that like Family Feud. All right, name a white girl been missing for five years in the room of Nellie Holloway. Survey son. Name a Peruvian girl that was killed yesterday. What is that big head third world Peruvian bitch's name? He was literally already the best. You know what I'm saying? Like, Even before he left Boston, you're like, this guy is... He just had something, man. Yeah, yeah. Like, he did this joke about the fact that he doesn't play any instruments. Like, he's because a, a lot of instruments are, like, phallic. They kind of shape like, <laughs> like dicks. He said, like, where's the instrument that's shaped like a titty? Right? <laughs> there is no instrument and he was shaped like, like the titty. he was like, I'd play that all day long. And, he, and just the, how comfortable he was and the time he took. Like, I'm, I'm trying to do jokes. And he always had the greatest sense of timing naturally because he had a natural sense of timing simultaneously never like chased a laugh explain to the audience what chasing a laugh would be can you maybe give an example well of it that? just means you, you you obviously as a comic you you're aware if something got a laugh or didn't get a laugh your, your job is to get laughs but if you're not comfortable with a little bit of silence then you speed up you talk faster just like in sports like the greatest sports guys, they don't speed up. Even if you're being frenetic, I think in basketball, uh, a guy like Luca, even James Harden, they go at their speed, no matter what speed you're going at. They dictate the terms, and Patrice is great at that. So, and that comes with knowing, okay, this this exact moment is a little uncomfortable. Uh, I just said something that wasn't that funny, but I know the next thing is going to be funny, and so I don't need to rush. You're just going to wait until I say it. And that can actually ramp up the laugh because in those pockets where it's a little uncomfortable, this creates a tension within the audience. Absolutely. How do you release that tension? By getting the laugh. So it, it can really beef up the laugh that you get after that as well. So it's, it's, it's like you're really juicing up the laughs with that by leaving that tension in there, not chasing the laughs. And there's something about cha- comics that chase laughs, chase laughs. It um, it reeks a little bit of desperation, right? And right. audiences are so sophisticated. I think they can sniff that out. Absolutely, and and you start then you start stepping on laughs. You start getting a laugh, and then starting the next joke right away, and then it becomes about you. Patrice used to always say that it's not, it's about don't make it about you in the sense that what you need, what do they need? You don't even they don't even know what they need, but I but Patrice is like I know what they need. And I'm going to give them that, not what they think they want. You see what I mean? Crowds can sense that desperation. And for him to have this style while coming up in Boston, because we, you know, it's weird. I'm a New Yorker. You're a a Bostonian. But we both have our roots in Boston comedy. And Boston comedy, not that the greats, the legends in Boston, they're not desperate by any stretch. But they're jokes per minute. 
is the jokes per minute is really high. Or I should say laughs per minute. It's just boom, 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 boom. Yeah, and, and so for Patrice to come out of that, you know, he I'm sure there was plenty of times he had to get on stage following a guy that just murdered. Yeah. And he's like, this is what I'm doing. Right. And now we, we've talked about this on the show before. The, the reason why the Boston comics are like that was it's the pressure of the environment. You're oftentimes doing you you got to compete with the, the Bruins game or whatever. So you got to you yeah. can't you can't be this slow. Right, uh, and, yeah. and as he is, right, you're and, at a, and, and have success. It's very hard. It's very hard. So you're, for him to do it there, out of the box, is it's very risky. It just everything, everything, yeah. And and it's because Bostonians, uh, I've, I've, you know, we've talked about this off camera. The funniest people live in New England. Just the funniest everyday people. Like if you're in Boston, the cab driver is funny. The lady that at the Seven Eleven. So that's also makes you speed up because. There's a a sophistication about humor where in Boston Boston crowds don't mind that you're you're telling jokes. See, everyone else, you got to kind of trick them, especially nowadays. It's like we're having a conversation and a joke just happened. Look at that. But in Boston, it's like, tell us your jokes. We, 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 we know t- we're here for jokes. <laughs> say the jokes. You know, and and black comedy is like that, too. It's like, we came here for jokes. Say the jokes. That's it. This is the beginning of a special called Elephant in the room it's uh it's available to watch for free on youtube and it's wonderful highly recommend it let's get into this bit uh black women get mad at that but that is top shelf white woman right there (laughs) you know how you can tell how pretty a white woman is the value you look at her and then you wonder how long they would look for if she was missing Come on, take a look. Take a look. Look at this nigga. Look, 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 look. <laughs> I saw you look mad, sweetie. How long if you was missing? How long you think they were? How long you think they were? Exactly. She don't even. She went. <laughs> know the deal. I ain't saying nothing wrong. White woman's life is valuable. What's his name? Yorin uh, Vandersloot? Right? We find out he was a serial killer. Man, he kills women. That's what he do. He do it well. You know what I mean? We know the girl that he, that he you know, supposedly had... Uh, what's the girl in Aruba? Natalie Holloway. Right? But the one, he just killed a girl in Peru. What's her name? Um... Exactly. We got fast. You said Natalie. You said Natalie. Natalie Holloway. That angel. Y'all said that like Family Feud. All right, name a white girl been missing for five years in the room. Of- Natalie Holloway. <laughs> 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 Name a Peruvian girl that was killed yesterday. (laughs) What is that big head third world Peruvian bitch's name? (laughs) Must be Yoris or something goofy. (laughs) Yoris. Don't get mad at yourself. I gave it to you. You saw how fast she said Natalie Holloway. Diana 
Ross right here said nah. she knew her name. <laughs> <laughs> that white girl with Natalie Holloway. <laughs> Man, you called yourself a uh, woo. God bless you, man. That is high level right there. I think it's worth saying, you know, uh, this was the beginning of a special, right? So he starts his special, in essence, doing crowd work, which is just outrageous. I mean, on one hand, it's super brave. On the other hand, you could always just cut it out. But I think it's hard to cut around the first joke, right? So imagine like, yeah. introducing Good point. Patrice O'Neill, and he walks out, and then it's... Then you cut right into to the, a joke. To a joke, it's so, very unnatural. So he's forcing you to like, this is what it's going to be, right? And he starts off with pointing out a white woman. It's not a plant. It's some white woman, and he picks. She's cute, and he just goes right in. And you're like, his comfort level. He's taping a special that costs, you know, at at the low end twenty thousand, upper end a hundred thousand. All these people, probably more than that. Is- you have the comfort to make it like you're doing a spot. At the cellar. And the the thing about that is that it's comfort. See, some guys would come out and do crowd work, but it would be, back to the desperation thing you talked about, it would be like, I'm not sure of my jokes, so let me do some crowd work to lather up. But he's doing a crowd work to trick you into doing a joke. And then like, yep. and he's saying things that people kind of halfway agree with. He's saying, you know, they search for white women more. So you got people like, unhappy with that truth some people like what is he talking about and then he proves himself and they fall right into his trap and they he's got them what was the white girl's name they all know it what was the peruvian girl's name uh and then it justifies this whole two minutes of crowd work in the beginning it was like you thought i was just fucking around i was making a point right and it's 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 irrefutable the point i made I love how he puts the onus on them. Exactly. And, and, and it looks like it's happening in the moment so spontaneously. Like he's never done that before. You know, he's done this before. He's, he's done worked it before. on this. You got to think about that too. He's not going to open up a special with something. Like this is risky to open up a special this way, but, and he would do this. He, I don't believe he would open up a special with something he hadn't worked on before. No one does that. So he's done this before. He knows, he's, he's gathered the data. He knows that people don't remember the Peruvian girl's name. And he puts it out there, and it works. Absolutely. And it's unbelievable. Yeah, don't be ashamed of it, gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> she mad as hell. Fuck that white bitch. Wait, uh, you know, come on, come on. Ain't nobody looking for you. I might look for you, but the news ain't you. <laughs> you think Fox is reporting you're missing? Let's be honest. Nancy Grace, she leads story on Nancy Grace for the next six months. Look, 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 look. <laughs> I'm looking at her because she's mad as hell. Black women don't like that shit, but it is what it is. Let's be. Don't be like that. Let's just let's, let's be honest. That little girl that went missing. Um, she was sailing. Little girl that went sailing. I forgot her damn name, but she was she went sailing and went missing in the Indian Ocean. Okay. And they spent, good Lord, her mask broke and she was floating around and she gave out her little signal, her beacon. They looked for her. They spent $500,000, like tax money, to search for her. Now, if that's my daughter, I want that to happen too, but, but, 
<laughs> if you go sailing. <laughs> Let's be honest. How long you think? Are they going to spend five? Come on. Remember, hey, remember football players in Miami went missing? They went sailing? They looked for them for eight minutes. <laughs> Maybe. They just sent somebody at the edge of the beach. <laughs> I don't... I don't see him. We have to call off the search because there's too much sun. Uh, the sun, the conditions are abnormally difficult. It's too sunny. If I go sailing, I'm taking a white baby on a keychain with me. <laughs> if my boat go down, they're going to find me. I'm going to have it hooked right to the side of my belt. <laughs> And I'm going to dress the baby real white, too. I'm going to uh, put sweatpants on it and a pair of Ugg boots. And I'm going to take a picture. Man, look at this white baby. You don't come get me. This white baby going down with me. <laughs> <laughs> Again, the comic kicks in. The premise is there. Yeah, the premise is we, there. We're all in on the premise. Yep. Now I can play with it. Yep. And... And give you these like these visuals that are hilarious, you know, take everything to extreme. Like not just a white baby, a white baby on a keychain. <laughs> like <laughs> you gotta understand how much funnier it is that the baby's on a keychain. Correct. Because I think what people don't understand is the difference between what I call quote unquote civilians and comedians is that extra step. You know what I mean? It's like I'm gonna take a white baby. That's funny. That's funny. That's that's Funny, plenty, but I'm gonna take a white baby on a keychain, <laughs> and then this is how I'm gonna dress it. Yeah, you know, Ugg boots. Just... <laughs> There's a reason why they say the book is better than the movie because most in most cases, because the book relies on your visuals, your own imagination. Where the movie's like, this is what it looks like. The book, everybody reads it. Everyone has a different visual. You know what I mean? And he's painting this picture. I mean, then he paints the picture of it, but then you know, the baby has Ugg boots on. It's like. That's just outrageous. But once he gets that premise out there, then he can go Family Feud, and then he can go uh, the football players. Right. Search. He can do the baby with the keychain. Right. The way he gets into it is everything. To me, it's the most impressive part about it is how he got into that. The other stuff was probably there ready to go, and he can... He can he can exactly work that. How do right. I get exactly into it? Right. And the because of the way he got into it, every laugh from all the punches throughout, uh, the crowd has to own that. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a there's an added sense of I'm guilty for laughing at this. Absolutely. But I, the, yeah. he he's he's put it in my plate. Yes. He he got he he built up a lot of goodwill. That's the greatness of Patrice, and because he doesn't mind being uncomfortable, because what. Myself included, what a lot of comics do, we'll, we'll like make a case or we'll apologize or we'll say stuff like, I don't think this way, but you know, it seems like white women are more valuable. It's not me. It's just white women are more valuable. And, like, and then once you feel like you've you know, pre-apologized enough or set the tone just so, okay, now I can say this thing that's yeah. a little bit uh, controversial. Yeah, he right. says the controversial thing up top then proves it you know what i mean and so 
he's able to do this whole thing with, without ever apologizing or over-explaining himself, which is, especially now in the cancel culture, you have to be so careful that what you're saying is not taken out of, misinterpreted. But I didn't say that white women were valuable. More yes. valuable. I yes. said it, but you guys proved it because you didn't know the name of this girl. Right, you knew the name of the white guy who killed her. You knew the name of the white girl he killed. You didn't know the name of the Peruvian girl he killed yep. after. And we've talked about this on the show before. Mm-hmm. How to do bits like this? We have to up top, like you said, apologize, explain why we're a credible source to speak about this. Right, and it, and all of that is anti-comedy, right. and especially if you're a white male. Right? Correct. Like I think white male least amount of leeway. Second, though. Now is becoming like I think any male, yeah, any male, any second. straight male, yeah. second, sure. And then as you go down, you get more yeah. and more and more leeway. And I, um, you know, I don't want to be like, oh, it's tougher guys would comedy. We, we need to get into all that. You know, it is. Right, right. Uh, we it's all have challenges. Right, exactly. And uh, this is a hard art to begin with. Uh, this is just I just look at this as a new new challenge to force me to get more creative. And um, so when I see someone be so creative he's obviously this is another level we need to take from this and learn okay there is a way to get into these topics creatively where we we don't have to waste a minute up top of unfunny justification right right which is so not funny on anti-comedy i feel like i'm wasting my time in a bit if i just gotta spend a minute there's uh this inspires me to think of a way to Get more creative to say the things that I want to say that might be a little controversial or edgy, or I might, upon initial appearance, look like I don't have a right to speak about it. There's a way for me to do it if I just dig a little and experiment a little bit more and get creative and take a risk and do the things that Patrice did in this bit. Right, uh, right, and, and right. I, I love that about this bit. He wanted to say something, right? He wanted to say the value of white women. Right. right now, Chris Rock would have said this bit a whole different. He would have said, "White women are worth more. White women are worth more." That, and then he would, have, he wouldn't have let the crowd do that thing. He wouldn't let the crowd participate in the creation of the moment right. of the bit. He would have told you. He, it's a preacher kind of style, right? Right. right. But this and, allowed the crowd to contribute also to the joke. They weren't being spoken at. He was asking for participation. They were participating in something, and he was still able to make a point that most comics would have made in a more preachy way, which right, is that right. white women are more valuable than black women, or white women are the most valuable commodity when it comes to a human right, right, being right. in the world. Two things. One, Chris Rock would have done it, and he would have had an amazing punchline to sort of offset the preachiness, right? But what, what, what um, Patrice does here is that he also, it's not like this is his opinion. He's not mad about it right he's just saying this is just what it is and so that's kind of cool too because the audience can like agree or disagree he's not and then when it gets to that point of who was the uh, peruvian girl they have to agree you see so Mm -hmm. he's not i like i like that he's not saying like he almost starts off you almost feel like he believes that white women are more valuable like he almost like yeah. I'm gonna take the onus on me, so that way uh, I'm not blaming society. I'm not mad about it. It's 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 like almost like does he think this? And then when he switches it, no motherfuckers, you think it. <laughs> Otherwise, you would have known this other girl. That's right. And so that that's kind of set up. He's letting that crowd 
come to that realization and participate, you think it, and then, and then the comic kicks in, acts out the family feud part, which is great. Yeah, he's on top of his, he's on top of his game in in, in the special, and and what I love about this is like, um, like a year or two before this, he was you know he's always been hysterical, but a year or two before this, I think people were like he's a little too angry you know what i mean people were kind of trying to say those things about him um but i think he was just sort of like carving his next special like patrice is a guy that at any point he could kill but i think he was always sort of managing and reconciling killing with where am i going where's my message going And, and so if my message is going this way maybe i don't kill as hard for the next year you know what i mean yeah and but th- but it's not that he, he could always kill any moment he wanted mm-hmm. to you know what i mean but patrice is such a master i've learned so much from him um dane as well like i would see dane do like i remember seeing dane in boston and he, dane would kill like you gotta understand like he's like three years in a comedy three or four years and he gets like standing ovations right like he just fucking kills and then one day he did a joke and like he was like doing it half speed, like he wasn't doing all the tags. And I was like, and I said, Dang, why did you you forgot this? You didn't say this, you didn't say that. You said he was like, No, no, no. I was gonna do new jokes after that. And I didn't want those jokes to kill so hard that I didn't get a read on the new jokes. And so I'm like, fuck. Then you get to get the level of mastery. And and Patrice would what he would do is similar thing. He would um he would get a way to do a joke. And then he would start doing it different ways on purpose to see, okay, can I get into it different? Can I change the order? You know what I mean? Can I can I trim it by like mumbling and not saying like like he would he would like purposely leave out some of the things that lead to the joke and does it still get a laugh if even if I leave this part out? And I think, you know, he's just a master communicator, even when it looks like he's like just happy go lucky kind of thing. So yeah, he he always was two three steps ahead of everyone else. Like and like you said, he knew that he knew he could do that, but it's still it ballsy as shit to do it. And 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 a room full of people out of there to see you tape your special. Now you mentioned that you met you met Patrice your first day doing comedy in Boston. Not in my Bo- first time in ever. Boston. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Patrice is one of those comics that maybe not the best guy to run into the first time you're doing comedy. Uh, because he's the sort of guy, if you said, hey, man, could you give me some advice? He'd be like, quit. <laughs> like, like, absolutely. He was, absolutely. He, he had was, that about him. Absolutely. But he was uh, always so nice to me. We, we we were road dogs. Like, it's weird. Like, people associate his friend base are all these New York guys, right? But before that, it was it was me, him. Me, him, Bobby Kelly. Me, him, Dane Cook. Me, him, Al Dalbany. Me, him, um, Gary Goldman. You know what I mean? Like, that was my dog. It's a it's a one of these cases where you know New York and Boston, we kind of compete with each other, and New York has kind of claimed him, but he's a Boston guy, you know, um, and I'm a New York guy, but I'm a you know basically a Boston comic, you know. There's a documentary uh, that was out recently on Patrice that I watched. I assume you you. I haven't it. even watched it yet. Actually, it's, I haven't watched it's it yet. tremendous. Yeah. Uh, so for our audience, if you want to learn more about him, he's a very complicated person, man. Very complicated right. person. I think Bill Burr did that, which is great. And, and he uh, did, uh, yeah. Another Bill Burr was a guy like, mm-hmm. and I would even go down to New York with Patrice because this is before he he could drive. I would drive him to New York sometimes, 
Um, so it was just it's just a good time. And he was like, I would say like, it's weird to be hanging out with a guy who you like, you know, he's as good as Chris Rock or as good as Dave Chappelle. But he, no one knows it yet. But you know it. A comic like him in today's cancel culture, yeah, in today's yeah. uh, professional offendee environment, how would Patrice have navigated this? Well, in you your know, opinion, it's interesting, man. I think about this because he was on the verge of getting canceled before that was even a thing. He was so far ahead of his time, right? So there's a guy named Kevin Samuels, right? He, now he's like a life coach advice giver or something like that and i guess he's got some fame or some notoriety recently because women will call and he'll just like shit on them right but like under the guise of helping them so a woman will call and be like i want this kind of man i got this going on and he'll be like uh well you're like a six sweetheart and then everyone gets up in arms and stuff like that at the core is like he's trying to bring some accountability back, right? Or some kind of like expectations, some like realistic expectations setting back. But Patrice was already on that. And I think what he did was, and I'm hopefully I answered the question, I'm answering the question. He went after women so hard that he was almost being labeled a misogynist. And I think it's because as great as he was, he 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 had to realize at some point, I still have to like, I still have to sweeten this medicine a little bit. You know, I'm giving him this medicine a little too uncut, you know. And so I think he was just getting into, before he passed away, he was getting into a new realm where it's like, I'm still saying my truth, but I'm, I'll am i meet you halfway. I'm not going to like kowtow, but I'm going to say it at least, trim it down and say it at least in, in a way that's digestible. And I think he was getting there. So I think in this culture, if he had stayed, if he had lived, it would be he would be like Bill Burr, where he his 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 ascension, his greatness, his ability to communicate his ideas would have met at this summit with the cancel culture, and he would have won because yeah. he would have been able to say things that you couldn't take out of context. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because he was so masterful with his words, and he already did the, the he already knew how to live in the discomfort. Uh, I think. You know, Bill Burr survives because at the end of the day, his ability to convey a thought is greater than other people's ability to purposefully misinterpret that thought. Yeah. Which is not easy to do. Not at all. You have to go through nights and nights of people walking out, of people yelling to get to that point where, oh, greatest comics, somehow they find a way to avoid being taken taken out of context, which is really hard because people can just take any any 10 second soundbite and make it look like something that is not and, but or, I think he would put it in print yeah, where yeah. it looks the worst exactly so I don't know I, I think he would have prevailed only because his fan base would have made sure too that anything he said was taken not taken like out of context and not like you know mis- make sure he wasn't misquoted and everything like that because um, this guy Sam Kevin Samuels I'm telling you about He's catching a lot of flack, but then a lot of other people are like, well, we kind of like some of the stuff we agree with. You know what I mean? And I think even Trump, who you can disagree with, his power is that he's speaking to his base. And so you can't cancel him. You can't cancel him with his base. You can cancel him 
with your base, but he doesn't care about your base anyway. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So exactly. I think Patrice would have had that kind of thing going on where it's like, people that rock with me, rock with me. Comedians React is available on all podcast players and YouTube as well. Make sure you subscribe for all future episodes of Comedians React. We'll be covering comedians that I'm sure you love as well. If you'd like to suggest a comedian for us to cover, please email us at realcomediansreact at gmail.com. 